G'day and welcome to G'day from LA, a show made by Australian expats for Australian expats. We've got two great guests for you today. We've got the founder of Dallas-based autism charity, Maximum Chances, Nicole Chalmers, and we have Aussie pro cyclist Cyrus Monk, who came up with a really unique way to deal with his hotel quarantine in Australia. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Cheers. My next guest is a godsend to families that are dealing with the day-to-day -day challenges that childhood autism can bring. Nicole Chalmers and her family created the charity Maximum Chances. She stopped by G'day from LA to tell us all about it. Nicole Chalmers, welcome to G'day from LA. Thanks so much. So to the uninitiated, there are people that don't know what exactly is autism? So autism is considered a neurological condition and it's characterized by developmental delays. You're usually seeing them more in young children, obviously, late to walk, late to talk, you know, more difficulty doing, you know, things with their hands, fine motor skills and things like that. And then that's sort of for your delays, but then you sort of see um, uh, things like repetitive um, actions and, and things like that and um, certainly trouble mixing with their peers and there's just it's there's a lot of different symptoms that go along with autism right, so there's different levels of, 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 there, of yes life. definitely different levels as well okay and your now your son max was diagnosed was diagnosed with uh with autism uh how, yes. how young was he when he was diagnosed he, and how is he coping with it well, he was very young. I was very lucky that my pediatrician agreed with me that there was something going on and that we were um, experiencing some delays. He was 22 months and wow. now he's 17. Well, that's awesome. So yeah. what sort of challenges does he come, has he come, come across? Well, he's um, originally very late to talk, late to walk, um, and then just the lack of wanting to interact. That was definitely... Um, something the lack of eye contact didn't really want to associate with kids his own age um they were our first symptoms and um i just threw myself into the university of google and just started right. studying things and finding resources and but we you know we threw a lot at it i will say and so, that doesn't work with everybody but we were pretty lucky so do you think with the pandemic and a lot of distance learning now do you think a lot of that's going to be going to be un undiagnosed because what well, undiagnosed and then the kids who are already diagnosed and getting one-on-one -on -one care well they're, they're just not getting it and distance learning school for kids on the spectrum it's just so incredibly hard most of them need to be redirected constantly and so it, 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 it's a very difficult time for people with all special needs you know in addition to everybody in general, right. you know, but the special needs community is being very hard hit right now with the, you know, so, the so, then, so then you come up with maximum chances. Okay. Yes. How does that happen? And what is the vision for your charity? Well, so it took me a while to get there just because I spent so many years, um, you know, just working with him and taking him to therapies. Right. I mean, we would be at therapy every single day. So probably, Let's see. When he was about nine, I felt like I was in a good position where I could try and formulate something to give back. And it takes a while to set up a nonprofit when you're doing it by yourself. Um, and we put that together in about 2014. And okay. the, the goal being to help fund other families with autism because autism is a very expensive business. 
Right. And um, I mean, the hours that are needed of therapy, it's, it's not just we go once a week and, and that's it. You just need hours and hours of therapy for, for, for many, many people. So that's, a, that's just absolutely amazing that you, that you managed to be able to give back in that fashion. How many, how many families have you been able to help to this point? And what's, what's the kind of services that, and assistance you're able to give? Yeah, so we, um, and we're pretty local because I really like to use um, people that I've worked with before and I know how great they are. So we have a little, um, we fund a little autism school um, locally here. And to send a child there five days a week, it's $30,000 a year. Wow. And, and that's very affordable, although it doesn't sound it. Um, and then we send um, kids to speech therapy. We've done equestrian therapy. And um, I have, I'm quite involved in the biomedical side and helping kids from a medical standpoint as well. So we work with a, um, a doctor who's very well versed in that as well. So I would say we probably helped about 50 families, which doesn't sound a lot. But we've right. spent nearly a million dollars. That's, that's a lot. That, that, that does turn into a lot, I think. I see a horse behind me. There's different kind of therapies for different kids. Yeah. I mean, we'd like to give everyone everything. But, you know, the, the horse riding has just been such a great thing. And I know <laughs> horse riding is great for lots of things. But they do really love it and get a lot from it. I grew up on the back of a horse. I was, reading, I was riding a horse just, when I, just, just about after I could walk. Well, um, then, you know, I guess that the horses are just, they can um, do some just amazing things. Just like being really with a horse, dogs. riding a horse. Yeah, <laughs> with a saddle. Dogs with a saddle and big feet. Is there, is there a particular uh, success story, one particular family you're, you're especially proud of? Oh, yes. Um, our very first family, um, there was a little boy called Harch. And he was, ten, he's ten, he was 10 years old at the time and still nonverbal. And so um, our speech therapist, who was amazing, started with him. And so we've been, we're still funding him now, six years later. So, and so he went from being nonverbal to learning some sounds and then being able to create some words because you just don't know with a child of 10 if they're ever going to talk. It's a possibility that they might not. So now he can communicate with his mum and dad. If he's sick, they actually know. And it's like he's been sort of invited back into the world now that uh -huh. he has means of communication. And you just never know if you'll get there with an older child like that. We're just so thrilled to see his progress. He's amazing. That's awesome. When you say nonverbal, does that mean that he, can he understand what's coming in? Meaning nonverbal, he just has no output. Yeah, I think that a lot of kids have good receptive language where they understand what's coming in, but their expressive language is very poor. Um, I, you know what? I actually think that happens a lot of the time with the nonverbal um, community is that they understand a lot. But I they can't imagine how frustrating that would be as, as a child be? to not be able to communicate back. Yes. And his parents said that's just the biggest thing, that now they know... Um, now they have an idea of what, what it is that he wants and he can express things. And he's been a joy to watch from six years. You know, now he's 16. That's he's, awesome. That really yeah. is awesome. I mean, he's just got a brand new life in front of him. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so what's the plan for Maximum Chances going into 2021 and beyond? What, what, oh, what, what, well, what plan do you have going forward? Um, yeah, that's constantly evolving. 2020 has been a bit rough. <laughs> 2020 um, is a rough one. I'm, I'm ready to throw it in the fire. One. 
And there's a lot of charities suffering out there because, you know, as we know, a lot of people, they're just trying to take care of themselves in such a crazy time. So I would think that nonprofits, I know I certainly have been trying to restructure and figure out how we can move forward because we provide continual um, care. Right. You know, our, our expenses don't change. It's just constantly. So we're sort of trying to imagine how after this year, we can sort of still have a building year next year right. and see if there is another way we could pivot and make that happen without having to, you know, lose any children. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool. Um, if, someone, if someone has, if someone is struggling and yeah. has an autistic child, uh, how do they go about getting in contact with you and, and applying for assistance? Um, is that, is that yes. what sort of process is involved in that? So on our website, um, there is a, um, the, for the financial criteria, um, there's an application, but my number's on there and my email's on there. And I just encourage people, sometimes people have just got a newly diagnosed child and they just want someone to talk to. So I do a lot of phone counselling, just chatting with people. Well, those details will be right underneath you as well, right, oh, right underneath you right great. now. So that's yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, and the big one, um, which is probably the, it's the same question. How do people help? How can how can our listeners and our how can our listeners and our viewers help your charity? Well, um, I always think most of our, you know, most people who donate to us or would like to help us, it's because they um, they like what they're doing. They are either interested because of the autism part, um, or they just like to have. You know, it's about making connections. And sometimes people don't know you're there. And um, if people know you're there and they like what they do what you're doing, they might be interested to help. They might know someone who could help. You just, you just never know. I think it's mostly about making connections with people and letting people know I'm here. Does, you know, does what Definitely. we do resonate with you at all? I suppose. Definitely. I saw, I saw you have the huge, the big golf, uh, the big charity golf tournament with your husband, Greg. I saw that online. That's That's awesome. Oh, that has been so great. We've been so lucky that um, particularly a lot of the Aussie golfers on the PGA Tour have really supported us and helped us. And I can't tell you what a difference they, that makes. They come and they give us their time for free and help us. That's our big fundraiser. That's been our best thing ever. So we've been lucky to be very supported in that way. And we really do. I literally run this myself. We don't employ people. Um, so I always like people to know that your money's going to the right place. We're right. not... We don't have big budgets of things. We're just, I'm a no, I see that, I I see that a lot of charities, it all, gets, it all gets taken up in an admin cost, but you're, you, yeah, you no, are, you, I'm that. looking at your admin costs right now. You're looking at the admin, it's me <laughs> in, my, um, in my lounge room, um, sitting at a computer. So um, hopefully that gives people comfort that I always think if you're giving your hard earned money to something, you want to know that it's going to the right place. Exactly. And you, we just, sometimes we don't know. So, and, and anyone can always call me up and find out what we're doing or see if that's something that interests them. But if anyone has a family and they're struggling with kids with autism, please call me. I really, I'm always thrilled to be able to talk to people. That's fantastic, Nicole. Well, thank you very much for coming by. G'day from LA with us today. Uh, oh. I really hope that our listeners and viewers can pitch in and give you guys a hand. And what you're doing is just, it's just fantastic. And uh, you're a saint. 
Well, thanks so much for having us. I loved when I heard about your organization. I mean, I think it's been such a blessing this year to think we've got a community of Aussies, even though we're far away and we can't get home. It's a joy to think that we're all there, you know? Well, that's the thing. We've never been more further apart at this point. And that's why we're right. going to bring ourselves together just a little bit. I think that and that's what we're trying to do here at G'day from LA is bring oh. your message to other Australians around America and let them know that, that you guys are doing some really great things. As are you. Thanks, Dan, so much. I appreciate it. Cheers, Nicole. Thank you very much. So, you fly into Australia during the pandemic. The government picks you up at the airport, takes you to a hotel and says, we're locking in this room for two weeks for a quarantine. How do you stay sane? Australian pro cyclist Cyrus Monk came up with a unique way to do just that and put a few smiles on people's faces. Check out the video. Oh, and a little disclaimer. The first two minutes of our interview, my voice is a little bit out of sync, but it does catch up. Cheers. I'm traveling in a fight of combat. On the hippie trail head full of zombies. Met a strange lady, she made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. Do you come from a land down under? Cyrus Monk, welcome to G'day from LA, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Mate, not a problem, bud. So you're actually in quarantine right now in Adelaide. How long have you been in quarantine? Uh, uh, well, this is day 11 now since I got here. Uh, so I got here, yeah, um, yeah, 11 days ago. But I had a 60-hour transfer to get from... Dublin to here, um, flying. So I had two 15-hour stopovers. So it's been a long time since I've seen any kind of sunlight, basically. Wow, man. Wow, man. So that's just a, just a, for the uninitiated, you're in a government-ordered quarantine in Australia. They pick you up at the airport, the army does, yeah. and take you to a hotel. Did you, get, did you end up with one of the shittier hotels? Or uh, you the hotel's actually, it's pretty, pretty good, to be fair. The food's really good. Um, can't complain about that. Well, it was really good, but um, uh, one of our kitchen staff has got COVID, so they've had to shut down. <laughs> had to shut down the whole kitchen team and now the kitchen team has come into quarantine with us so that kitchen oh that wow. kitchen team rocked up to work one day and they're not going to leave until two weeks later but um that's a rough day yeah, work. no oh, that's you, not ideal that's a, that's a rough one but, um particularly if you haven't fed the, if you haven't fed your fish that's a real yeah, rough day yeah so we um yeah we get picked up at the airport like everyone on the flight um just like everyone rocks up at the airport in hazmat suits, pretty crazy, and then sh shuttle us straight into a bus. Then there's army waiting at the hotel to make sure that no one does a runner, even though like it's not like we're criminals, like we're just trying to get home. Um, and then yeah, put into the um, room and basically you're not allowed to set foot outside your room for the full two weeks, um, so for 14 full days. So the first day that I got here, I got here at 9 a.m., but that doesn't count as a day because it's not a full day. So you've got to do 14 full right. days. And then they knock on the meal, the door every meal time. Um, and then, you know, out of set your door, you have to just pick it up, bring it in. Um, we've got police that come and check on us two or three times a day to make sure that we're still in the room and haven't jumped out the window or anything. Um, and then, yeah. The Americans the would lose their mind on this. Uh, it's crazy. And then the worst part of all of it for me is that we cop a three grand bill at the end of it. 3,000 bucks. Yeah, that's nice. Put in prison for two weeks. So, yeah. It's, uh, so, 
Okay, so you're in. You're you're basically in in a hotel for two weeks. Now, the people who don't know, now they've seen an intro video. How have you been? How how have you been passing the time? Well, um, it wasn't planned. Like I just, I was I was traveling back to to Dublin. So I'd been in in Germany of all places trying to get a visa for Europe, just so I could stay there and didn't have to go through all of this. And um, I was so hard to get a visa anywhere at this time because there's no appointments anywhere. There's a massive backlog because of the real right. lockdowns. Um, so I just went, fuck, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and come back to Australia. So I, um, I was go- just walking through through Glasgow um, on the way back to, to Ireland because it was just easier to, to transfer that way. I thought, oh, or, um, no, I was in Edinburgh and I was walking around there and I thought, oh, um, go into this music shop and I, I found a harmonica in there and I was just like, yeah, it's a good time. I'll have some time on my hands. If I go back to Australia, I'll buy a harmonica. I already had the little tin whistle um, with me as well. And then, um, so yeah, I was just thinking I'll practice those while I'm in here. And then the first, like I just put a stupid story up on my Instagram saying any requests, the more off genre, the better. Um, Cause obviously I just wanted to, to try out some fun stuff. And um, then, yeah, the first day I just had, our request come in for for Nirvana and I thought geez how am I going to play Nirvana <laughs> um, but yeah I just did this little version of come as you are and I was like oh this sounds all right I'll um I'll get on get on a little app that on my phone to splice some different parts together um and just have a bit of fun with it and then so it, smell, yeah. so it smells like Team Spirit didn't transfer to Tin Whistle nah didn't didn't go too well <laughs> that one um there's a few that have been definitely pushing the boundaries, but um, yeah, so I did that, and then I just said, ah, oh, here, here's what I've done the first day. Um, probably not going to post these up here because they're a bit shit. I'll see how they go, and then it sort of everyone just jumped on and said, no, nah, I want to see more of this stuff, and then it's just grown from there. And then um, since then, yeah, it's taken off way more than I thought it would. And I've just oh been- yeah, man. I mean, my personal, my, my I tell you what, I, lo- I love the downloaded version. I love your Man at Work cover. But my yeah. personal favorite, I think a lot of people has to be, I can't believe you tackled Darude Sandstorm. And yeah. that that's kind of picked up. That's kind of took off a little bit on you, that one. That, yeah. So people, people are into that. Yeah. No, that one, that one went a lot bigger than I thought it would. I think it's just because it's just a, a universally loved song. Um, but that's just one that works because the, the thing that I struggled with, all the songs, is I've got no bass here. Um, like nothing to make any sort of low low bass noise and sandstorm's just all high synths and it's just such a meme of a song um so i think that combined with the the yeah fist pumping at the end of the video just uh, oh yeah got it to go go pretty big there so no i think i think it basically puts a little bit of a human touch on quarantine which is really cool because a lot of people really are just like you hear so many miserable things out of it and you're like okay well there's a guy having a bit of fun with it i saw now I saw your, um, I think it was day eleven. You did the nosebleed sections from the Hilltop Hoods, yeah. And you've got a little bit of help now. I see it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a little bit of help of working out. Yeah, no, my um, my sister, um, she she's the actual musician. So she's um, oh. she she's um, she's got a few songs out on Spotify now, and just releasing her first EP coming up soon. But um, she she's got the vocals. I, I'm just the one that stuffs around and just, just plays with some some random shit while I'm. Well, I'm passing the time, but she's um yeah she's a folk singer songwriter. So I just thought, oh well, cool that's awesome. I can't sing Melanie Safka to to save myself. I really want to. Maybe, maybe you got maybe you got a few genes in there, man. Maybe it's it's crossing yeah. over a little bit. But yeah, well, 
if we both uh, started like super early on um, playing a heap of different instruments, but she's just got the the voice, whereas I don't have that. So I just got to get by playing a heap of different instruments. And, mate, yeah. don't sell yourself. Don't sell yourself short, mate. So, so your day job, thankfully, is not a singer. You're a, you're a pro cyclist <laughs> yeah. uh, with uh, the Irish team uh, Evo Pro Racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how now? On a different note, how has the pandemic affected professional cycling? Uh, it's been just an absolute shitstorm for that. Like, um, yeah, we, I was over there. I got to Ireland last week of February and we were like, yeah, the European racing season is basically from late Feb to the start of October. And I got there then we did one race and then just straight into lockdown in Ireland. And it was the same for, I think, everyone then. I just thought, oh, it'd be a few weeks of this. We'll just shut down, like stop the virus spreading and then we'll be back out into it. And then four months later, I was still in the middle of Ireland just doing fuck all. So, oh, mate, um, don't worry. I felt the same way, man. I was, there was I, yeah. came out, I came out to do stand-up comedy in LA six months before the pandemic started. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a bit of a kick in the guts. And then, um, yeah, we ended up getting some racing in there when things opened up for a while. Um, so that was, that was good. But yeah, it's just been a killer for us because... Sponsors aren't getting the airtime, and our sport just relies completely on sponsorship. So that's been, um, yeah, a massive pay cut for all of us. Um, right. Because basically, yeah, sponsors are pulled out, which means teams can't pay riders anymore. So it's the same with, yeah, yeah same with the entertainment in- industry. Like, and my yeah. sister in in music, like everyone's just, um, you can still do what you love, but now it's just so much harder to make a living from it. Which is everything has to everything has to evolve just a little bit. It's figuring out how to. Yeah, how to change it up and, and make money yeah. on, on out of something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, i got a question. Uh, a buddy of mine taught his kid the recorder during the lockdown phase of the pandemic, and I thought he was going to hang himself at one point. Yeah. I, the the, the, the million-dollar question for me is, the two people who live either side of you, do they uh, hate your guts right now or what? Is that's, that... That, that's the big mystery is I have no idea. <laughs> um, because we can't, we can't talk to them. They purposely don't give us like each other's contact or anything when we come in. Um, so there's no hotel phone and there's no phone in your room or anything like that. There's a, hotel, there's a phone in the room, but I can only ring reception or the health service. Um, <laughs> so I think it's because they don't want me like chatting up to whoever's next door and then ended right. up just walking into their room. Um, so I think, um, yeah, like I, I haven't heard any banging on the wall to shut up. The thing <laughs> is, like during the during the I always try and do it sort of around lunchtime. So they're definitely going to be awake in the middle of the day. I made sure I'm never doing it at night. But um, yeah, like I was just sort of thinking for a while there, the worst thing that can happen is I get evicted and just kicked out. (laughs) That'd be all right. Every sub bloke turn up at your house about two weeks from now after your quarantine and go, you're the prick who was doing this stuff while I was next door. Yeah, well, that's what, (laughs) when it started blowing up on social media, I thought, geez, eventually they're going to see it. Like and because it was on Nine News here, um, right? One one day, I was just sitting in the the corner, just um, not really paying attention. I could hear my song playing, and I was just thinking, <laughs> "Where is that coming from?" Like, I was looking at my phone, and I was like, "Oh, maybe it's coming up on my laptop, which was asleep." And then I looked up, and I was like, "Ah, oh, they've got me on the TV now." <laughs> so that was the the funny one. I was just like, "If they're next door here and watching this on the TV, they'll just be thinking, what is going on here?'" Some bloke just had his some bloke just had his sixth sense moment. He's been sitting in his hotel room for two weeks yeah. trying to figure out what the sound is, and he saw it on. Oh my god, he's next door. Yeah, yeah. So, no, so crazy. you're on what day are you on today? Day twelve or day eleven? 
Day 11 today, yeah. So you've got three more days of this? Yeah, yeah, three more days. Yep. Is there a big finale in order? I mean, are we going to finish yeah. on, a, on, a, on a massive note? I mean, what are we going to work with here? Uh, there's a... There's you can give you can give it away, uh, mate, because this is going to air after you've got out of quarantine. Uh, yeah, it is. yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, now the last one's got to be the final countdown. Oh, it just, it just works perfectly with the whistle as well. Um, just that riff. Bit, a bit then, of Europe, man. That's a good way to yeah. finish, mate. Nothing wrong yeah. with that at all. That might break yeah. the Darude Sandstorm record. I tell you. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, just got to try and do a good job of it. But, um, now, now yeah. you set now you did set up a GoFundMe to cover your quarantine with the cost of these, and you actually said any cost going overflow, we're going to get donated to a which charity was it again? To Beyond Blue. So that was like the whole part of the reason why I've kept going with this is because so many people have messaged and said, "Ah, oh, this is." really giving me something to laugh about in a pretty shitty time. And that's like a lot of other people in quarantine oh, or yeah. um, like obviously all of Europe is in a really strict lockdown at the moment. Um, so yeah, a lot of those people have just messaged saying, oh, this is really helping me out just seeing something fun happening. So I just thought, oh, like clearly a lot of people are suffering and that's the, a lot of people just are thinking, oh, we'll put all the money into the vaccine, but not thinking about just the mental health side of things for people struggling. Um, so yeah, for me, like obviously the the bills, yeah, a bit shit to um stay here. But, <laughs> the, the the aim isn't to make money out of this long term. Like ideally, no. yeah, I'd like to um once I've covered my own costs, then yeah, it'd be great to be able to chip in towards that. And I know Beyond awesome, Blue does a does a lot of great work in um in yeah in Australia to um to combat that mental health. So yeah, you're right, mate. Like, I think that's that's the long term effect of this thing. Is it's gonna it's, it really does wear people down. Yeah, and especially for, for my generation, that's the big thing because, like, so many of my friends are out of work because they're just in casual, have been in casual work and, like, the early 20s is just everyone in retail and hospitality and retail and hospitality is what were the first things to go, obviously, because of this and then, obviously, a lot of friends in the entertainment industry as well, um, which, yeah, like, they're all, I know, I know, fighting their own demons at the moment. Right. So, yeah, if they... Um, if there's some organizations out there that can give a bit more help for that side of things. Cause like my generation we're we're not at risk from the actual virus itself. It's the sort of the, the secondhand effects. Um, exactly. so like obviously, yeah, there's so much, I don't think money seems to be the issue with the vaccine now. It's just sort of a time, time factor, but um, yeah, once we can, yeah, sort out like every, all of yeah the, the people my age for um, yeah, the mental health side of things. And that's really important. I think. Well, cool. Well, Cyrus, Thanks for coming on good day from LA today, mate. Yeah, thanks for the having me. Videos you. are hilarious, man. It's definitely put a smile on my face and a lot of our viewers as well, man. And uh, yeah. I really, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really had to but, clear uh, this one from the schedule. Mate, I can only wish you the best going forward, man. I hope the cycling works out well for you. And, uh, and yeah, I, I really hope you don't get stung with any extra quarantine. I hope you're out of here in three days, mate. Yeah, I hope so as well. Yeah. Well, mate, thanks for stopping by today. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thanks so much. Cheers. Well, that's our show, folks. Hope you enjoyed our two interviews with Nicole Chalmers and Cyrus Monk. We really appreciate you stopping by and checking out the program and look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks when we put out our next episode. Have a great day. Bye.